Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. I hope it's really helping you grow in the Lord. But I just wanted to take a second just to talk about this great tool that I've been using to bring the Word of God to people. Anchor is a tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to listening platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a lot more. So it's really been helping me reach people that I can't go to their house and actually teach them a Bible study. So it's everything you need in the podcast in one place. The best of all, Anchor, and it's totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the Word Bible Study with Pastor Dan. I'm here with the family. Say hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. Good morning. I am excited to go through a Bible study today with the family. I hope you have yours with you because we are going through the Bible. Sure. All right. Well, we're going to be continuing in Mark starting in chapter 9. Is everybody ready to get to some Bible? We're ready. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. You going to say hi to everybody? Hi. <laughs> all right. Mark chapter 9. And Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, John, and led them up a high mountain to be alone. As the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed, and his clothes became dazzling white, far whiter than any earthly bleach could ever make it. Isn't that crazy, wow. guys? Then Elijah and Moses appeared and began talking with Jesus. So this is long after Elijah and Moses were dead. But they were standing with Jesus on this mountain. And Peter explained, Rabbi, it's wonderful for us to be here. Let's make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he really didn't know what else to say. For they were all terrified. So he just said it because he didn't even know what to say. Because it was so amazing to be there and see Jesus and Moses all together talking. Why would they be terrified? Well, it's like when you see something that's so amazing, you almost like get scared because it's crazy. That's what it was. It wasn't like a bad terrified. It was more like a, I, don't, I can't believe this is happening terrified. You're in the presence of such power and yeah. greatness. Then a cloud overshadowed them and like a voice. Shocked? Yeah, like really shocked. Shocked to the point where you're like almost scared. scared. Yeah. Then a cloud overshadowed them and a voice in the cloud said, This is my dearly beloved son. Listen to him. Suddenly they looked around and Moses and Elijah were gone and they saw only Jesus with them. As they went back down the mountain, he told them not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept it to themselves. But they often asked each other, what did he mean by raising from the dead? Then they asked him, why do teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? And Jesus responded, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. Yet, why do the scriptures say that the Son of Man must suffer greatly and be treated with utter contempt? But I tell you, Elijah has already come, and they chose to abuse him, just as the scriptures predicted. 
When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them, and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. Then the crowd saw Jesus, and they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all the arguing about, Jesus asked. And one of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit and that won't let him talk. Whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Then Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, and the evil spirit saw Jesus. It threw the child into a violent convulsion. And then he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit often throws him into the fire and into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? So I don't think Jesus liked it very much that he asked, if you can, does he? We should know that Jesus can do everything, right? Right. Jesus. And then, because listen to what Jesus says next. You're right, Vic. Jesus can do everything. Because very next statement he says is, anything is possible if a person believes. And then the father instantly cried out, I do believe but help me overcome my unbelief. That's a good prayer. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak. He said, I command you to come out of the child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead and a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him up to his feet, and he stood up. Afterwards, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out the evil spirit? And Jesus replied, This kind can only be cast out by prayer. It also says prayer and fasting in the King James Version. Leaving the region, they traveled through Galilee. Jesus didn't want anyone to know he was there, for he wanted to spend more time with his disciples and teach them. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but three days later he will rise from the dead. They didn't understand what he was saying, however, and they were afraid to ask him what he meant. <laughs> so they didn't understand he was going to die at this point. After they arrived at Capernaum, and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, What were you discussing out on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was the greatest. He sat down and called the twelve disciples over to him and said, Whoever wants to be first must take last place and be a servant to everyone else. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Anyone who becomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me and anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me but also my father who sent me john said to jesus teacher we saw someone using your name to cast out demons 
but we told him to stop because he wasn't in our group. Don't stop him, Jesus said. No one who performs a miracle in my name will soon be able to speak evil of me. Anyone who is not against us is for us. If anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. But if you cause one of these little ones who trust in me to fall into sin, it would be better for you to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone hung around your neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one hand than to go into the unquenchable fires of hell with two hands. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better to enter eternal life with only one foot than to be thrown into hell with two feet. And if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. It is better to enter the kingdom of God with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. For everyone will be tested with fire. Salt is good for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? You must have the qualities of salt among yourselves and live in peace with each other. Alright, chapter 10. Then Jesus left Capernaum and went down to a region of Judea and went into the area of the river Jordan. Once again, crowds gathered around him, and as usual, he was teaching them. But Pharisees came and tried to trap him with a question. Should a man be allowed to divorce his wife? Then Jesus answered them with a question. What did Moses say in the law about divorce? Well, he permitted it, they replied. He said a man can give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away. But Jesus responded, he wrote this commandment only as a concession to your hard hearts. But God made them male and female from the beginning of creation. This explains why a man leaves his mother and father and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Since they are no longer two, but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. That is really good, isn't it? So he says, God made them one, we should never split them apart. Later, when he was alone with his disciples in the house, they brought up the subject again, and he told them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery against her. And if a wife divorces her husband and marries someone else, she commits adultery. So he said that in private. So Jesus was a lot more harsh on it in private than he even was when he told them. One day... Some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was angry with his disciples and he said to them, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. So how do you guys feel about that? You know that Jesus wants you guys to come close to him. Right. He doesn't wait until you're older. He likes, he likes dealing with your heart even when you're a kid. Then he took the children in his arms and placed his hands on their heads and blessed them. Now let's read about a rich man coming to Jesus. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and, and asked, Good teacher, 
What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus said, only God is truly good. That's something to remember, huh? Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone and honor your mother and father. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this the man's face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven? This amazed them, but Jesus said it again, Dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter into the kingdom of God. The disciples were astonished. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. And Jesus looked at them intensely and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Then yeah. Peter began to speak up. We've given up everything to follow you, he said. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or property for my sake and for the good news will receive now in return a hundred times as many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and property along with persecution and in the world to come that person will have eternal life so did you hear that jesus said any property or houses or people or possessions that we give up for him in this life he will give us a hundred times as much isn't that awesome yeah. so if you want a hundred houses give your house to jesus but many who are the greatest now will be least important then and those who seem least important now will be greatest then. They were now on their way up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and the disciples were filled with awe, and the people following behind were overwhelmed with fear. Taking the twelve disciples aside, Jesus once more began to describe everything that was about to happen to him. Listen, he said. We're going up to Jerusalem where the Son of Man will be betrayed by the leading priest and the teachers of religious law. They will sentence him to die and hand him over to the Romans. They will mock him, spit on him, flog him with a whip, and kill him. But after three days he will rise again. Then James and John and the sons of Zebedee came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request, he asked. They replied, When you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one at your right and the other at your left. But Jesus said to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I am about to drink? Are you able to be baptized in the baptism of suffering that I must be baptized with? Oh yes, they replied, we are able. And then Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from a bitter cup, and be baptized with the baptism of suffering. 
but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or on my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers in this world lorded over people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave for everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they reached Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. A blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. When Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him, but he only shouted louder, Son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, Tell him to come here. So they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. My rabbi, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. Chapter 11 As Jesus approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bathage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. That's a mountain that they grow a bunch of olives on. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. The two disciples left and found the colt standing in the street tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, What are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and all the people around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings to the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon and he returned to Bethany with the twelve disciples. The next morning... As they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry and he noticed a fig tree full of leaves a little way off. He went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May you, no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. 
he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scripture declares my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. Gesundheit. Then the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, and they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teachings. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed it had withered from the roots up. And Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. And Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it. Will You must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything if you believe you've received it. It will be yours. So if you believe you've received it, that's amazing. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So that's why we got to forgive people, right? If someone's mean to you, you got to forgive them so that God will forgive you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Again, they entered Jerusalem. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests and teachers of religious law and elders came up to him. They demanded, By what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer me one question, Jesus replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over among themselves. If we say it's from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe in John. But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid that the people would what the people would do, because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So they finally replied, We don't know. And Jesus responded, Then I won't tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. So they didn't answer him. He's like, I ain't answering you. All right, chapter number 12. Then Jesus began teaching them with stories. A man planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out the grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. Wow, today you guys are going on a field trip to a farm, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, so you're going you're gonna to see a little bit about what farmers do. These were great farmers, though. You guys are actually going to an animal farm, huh? Like, in my place, in my ace place, I went to a grandma, grandpa's farm to drop off um, Baba, and um, Baba was a goat. Yeah, and you're going to see some goats, too. She was getting too big to fit in the house, so they had to keep her at the farm. Yeah, that's a good story. You guys are going to go to a farm. That's awesome. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of his servants to collect his share of the crops. But the farmers grabbed the servant, beat him up, and sent him back home empty-handed. These are some mean farmers. 
The owner then sent another servant, but they insulted him and beat him over the head. Man, I hope these farmers don't act like that where you guys are going. Me too. Me too. <laughs> the, next, the next servant he sent was killed. Others he sent were either beaten or killed until there was only one left, his son, whom he loved dearly. The owner finally sent him, thinking, Surely they will respect my son. But the tenant farmers said to one another, Here comes the heir to the estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him and murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do? What do you guys think he would do? Uh, fire them. Fire them. I'd or probably... walk in there and get himself beat. Oh, I would go get an army and attack them. Okay. I'll tell you, Jesus says, I'll tell you, he will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. Don't you ever read this in the scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected is now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. And it is wonderful to see. The religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers. And they were afraid but they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Later the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw their hypocrisy and said, Why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. Then they handed it to him. He asked, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed them. Then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses gave us the law that if a man dies leaving a wife without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who can carry on his brother's name. You guys don't like that idea? That's um, all? Victor would steal all my girls. Victor would steal all your girls? <laughs> well, not if you stay alive. <laughs> not if you stay alive and tell Jesus you probably wear my skin. Right. Hey, he said we'll just stay alive till Jesus comes back. Well, so listen what they're asking him here now. Listen, they said, well, suppose there were seven brothers, and the oldest one married and then died without children. So the second one married and widow, and he also died without children. And then the third brother, and this continued with all seven of them. Still, there were no children. Least of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? So whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. And Jesus replied, 
your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures. So he tells them, you guys don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether the dead will be raised, haven't you ever read about this in the writings of Moses? So, in the story of the burning bush, long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. You have made a serious error. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? You guys paying attention? Think about this. They're asking Jesus right now, what is the most important commandment in the whole Bible? Okay, and this, this is what Jesus replied. The most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. So you guys hear that? So that's pretty important, right? Number one is that there's only one God. And that we love him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. And we love our neighbor just as much as we love ourselves. Isn't that, isn't that good? That's the most important commandment. It's really good. The yeah. teachers of religious law replied, Well said, teacher. You have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know that it is important to love him with all my heart and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself this is more important than to offer all the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law realizing how much the man understood jesus said to him you are not far from the kingdom of god and after that no one dared ask him any more questions later as jesus was teaching the people in the temple he asked, Why do the teachers of religious law claim that the Messiah is the son of David? For David himself, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies beneath your feet. Since David himself called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? The crowd listened to him with great delight. Jesus also taught, Beware of the teachings of religious law. For they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace. And how they love the seats of honor in the synagogues and at the head of the tables at banquets. Yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious and making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. Wow. So God's going to punish people who act like they're holy, but they really aren't. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. 
many rich rich people reach people <laughs> many rich people put in large amounts then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins Jesus called his disciples to him and said I tell you the truth this poor widow gave more than all the others who were making contributions for they gave a tiny part of their surplus but she poor as she is has given everything she had to live on isn't that awesome guys yeah. move on to chapter 13 everybody Jesus speaks about the future as Jesus was leaving the temple one day one of his disciples said teacher look at these magnificent buildings look at the impressive stones in the walls Jesus replied look at these great buildings but they will be completely demolished not one stone will be left on top of another later Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across from the valley from the temple Peter James John and Andrew came to him privately and asked tell us when will all this happen what sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled Jesus replied don't let anyone mislead you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah they will deceive many and you will hear of wars and threats of wars but don't panic yes these things must take place but the end won't follow immediately nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines but this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come when these things begin to happen watch out you will be handed over to local council and beaten in the synagogue you will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers but this will be your opportunity to tell them about me for the good news must first be preached in all nations but when you are arrested and stand trial don't worry in advance about what to say just say what God tells you at that time for it is not you who will be speaking but the Holy Spirit how important is it to listen to the Holy Spirit guys Amen. yeah it tells us what we need to know a brother will betray his brother to death a father will betray his own children and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed and everyone will hate you because you are my followers but the one who endures until the end will be saved the day is coming when you will see the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing where he should not be reader pay attention then those in Judea will flee to the hills a person out on the deck of his roof must not go down into his house to pack a person out in the field must not return even to get a coat how terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days and pray that your flight will not be in the winter for there will be greater anguish in those days than at any time since God created the world and it will never be so great again in fact unless the Lord shortens that time of calamity not a single person will survive but for the sake of his chosen ones he has shortened those days so they're talking about the end time right before Jesus comes back that's how the world's gonna get it's gonna get crazy then if anyone tells you look here's the Messiah or there he is don't believe it so we don't believe in false messiahs right guys Absolutely. there's only one Jesus and now he's gonna live inside of us 
So no one else that shows up claims to be Jesus is yeah, ever going to be him. Yep, and now he now when he comes back again, we're going to go live with him. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders so that they may deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. So they're saying some people are going to come, they're going to lie, and they're even going to be able to do miracles. But watch out. I have warned you about this ahead of time. At that time, after the, the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all those things taking place, you can know that his return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will last forever. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when the time will come, be on guard and stay alert. The coming of the Son of Man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do, and he told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return, in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without a warning. I say to you, what I say to everyone. Watch for him. Alright guys, chapter 14. Now it was two days before the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law were still looking for an opportunity to capture Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the Passover celebration, they agreed, for the people may riot. Meanwhile, Jesus was in Bethany at the home of Simon, the man who had previously had leprosy. While he was eating, a woman came with a beautiful alabaster jar of expensive perfume made from an essence of nard. She broke open the jar and poured the perfume over his head. Some of those at the table were indignant. Why waste such expensive perfume, they asked. It could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus replied, Leave her alone. Why criticize her for doing such a good thing to me? You will always have the poor among you, but you can help them whenever you want to. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, this woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. So she poured the oil on him to anoint his body to get him ready for the burial. So it must have been from the Spirit because nobody knew he was dying yet. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve disciples, went to the leading priests to arrange to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted when they heard why he had come. So he's going to give over Jesus to them, guys. And they promised to give him money. So he began looking for an opportunity to betray Jesus. 
On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, Jesus' disciples ask him, Where do you want us to prepare the Passover meal for you? So Jesus sent two of them into Jerusalem with these instructions. As you go into the city, a man carrying a pitcher of water will meet you. Follow him. At the house he enters, say to the owner, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I can eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will take you upstairs to a large room that is already set up. That is where you should prepare our meal. So the two disciples went to the city and found everything, just as Jesus had told them. And they prepared the Passover meal there. In the evening, Jesus arrived with the twelve. As they were at the table eating, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, one of you eating with me here will betray me. Greatly distressed, each one of them in turn, am I the one? He replied, it is one of you twelve who is eating from this bowl with me. For the Son of Man must die, as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It would be far better for that man if he had never been born. It is better to have never been born than to betray Jesus. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, for this is my body. Then he took a cup of wine, gave thanks to God for it, and then he gave it to them. And they all drank from it, and he said to them, This is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice for many. I tell you the truth, I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Then they sang a hymn and went out to the Mount of Olives. So Jesus is going out to get betrayed now. On the way, Jesus told them, All of you will desert me, for the scriptures say God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. And Peter said to him, Even if everyone else deserts you, I never will. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the others vowed the same. Let's see if they're going to hold up to that. They went to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And Jesus said, sit here a while while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John with him, and he, began, and he became deeply troubled and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief at the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went out a little further and fell to the ground. He prayed that if at all possible... The awful hour awaiting him might pass him by. Abba, Father, he cried, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned and found his disciples asleep. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Can't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them again and prayed the same prayer as before. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say. Then he returned to them a third time, and he said, Go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But know the time has come. <laughs> 
The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And immediately, even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples, arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and the elders. The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. Then you can take him away under guard. As soon as they arrived, Judas walked up to Jesus. Rabbi, he exclaimed, and gave him a kiss. Then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out a sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Jesus asked them, Am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there among you teaching every day. But these things are happening to fulfill what the scriptures say about me. Then all the disciples deserted him and ran away. So the scriptures said that he was going to be crucified. Then all the disciples deserted him and ran away, even though they said they would never. And one young man that was following behind was clothed only in a long linen shirt. When the mob tried to grab him, he slipped out of his shirt and ran away naked. Then they took Jesus to the high priest's home, where the leading priests and elders and the teachers of religious law all had gathered. Meanwhile, Peter followed him at a distance and went right into the high priest's courtyard. There he sat with the guards, warming himself by the fire. Inside, the leading priest and the entire high council were trying to find evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death, but they couldn't find any. Many false witnesses spoke against him, but they contradicted each other. Finally, some men stood up and gave this false testimony. We heard him say, I will destroy the temple made with human hands, and in three days I will build another made without human hands. But even then they didn't get their story straight. When the high priest stood up before the others, he asked Jesus, Well, aren't you going to answer these charges? What do you have to say for yourself? But Jesus was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated in a place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes to show his horror and said, Why do we need any other witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your verdict? Guilty, they cried. He deserves to die. So Jesus was found guilty of blasphemy for claiming that he was God. Then some of them began to spit on him. And then they blindfolded him and beat him with their fists. Prophesy to us, they jeered. And the guards slapped him and they took him away. Meanwhile, Peter was in the courtyard below. One of the servant girls who worked for the high priest came by and noticed Peter warming himself by the fire. She looked at him closely and said, You were one of those with Jesus of Nazareth. But Peter denied it. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. And he went out into the entryway. Just then a rooster crowed. When the servant girl saw him standing there, she began telling others, This man is definitely one of them. But Peter denied it again. A little later, some of the other bystanders confronted Peter and said, You must be one of them, because you are a Galilean. Peter swore, A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know this man you're talking about. Then immediately the rooster crowed a second time, and suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. 
before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he broke down and wept. Chapter 15. Very early in the morning, the leading priests and the elders and the teachers of religious law and the entire high council met to, dis to discuss the next step. They found Jesus, led him away, and took him to Pilate, the go Roman governor. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, You have said it. Then the leading priests kept accusing him of many crimes. And Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer them? What about all these charges they're bringing against you? But Jesus said nothing, much to Pilate's surprise. Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner, anyone the people requested. One of the prisoners at that time was Barabbas, a revolutionary who had committed murder in an uprising. The crowd went to Pilate and asked him to release a prisoner as usual. Would you like me to release to you the king of the Jews, Pilate asked, for he realized by now that the leading priests arrested Jesus out of envy because they were jealous of him. But at this point, the leading priests stirred up the crowd and demanded the release of Barabbas instead of Jesus. And Pilate asked them, Then what should I do with this man you call the king of the Jews? They shouted, Crucify him! Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the mob roared even louder, Crucify him! So to pacify the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip and turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus into the courtyard of the governor's headquarters called the Paratorium and called out the entire regiment. They dressed him in a purple robe and they wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. Then they saluted him and taunted him, Hail, King of the Jews! And they struck him on the head with a reed stick and spit on him and dropped to their knees in mocking worship. Then when they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again, and they led him away to be crucified. A passerby named Simon who was from Cyrene, was coming in from the courtside just then, and the soldiers forced him to carry Jesus' cross. Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufius. Rufus. And they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine drugged with myrrh, and he refused it. Then the soldiers nailed him to the cross and divided his clothes and threw dice for them to decide who would get each piece. It was nine o'clock in the morning when they crucified him. A sign announced the charges against him, and it read, The King of the Jews. Two revolutionaries were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. The people passing by shouted abuse, shaking their heads in mockery. Ah, look at you now, they yelled at him. You said you were going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days? Well then, save yourself and come down from the cross. The leading priests and the teachers of religious law also mocked Jesus. You saved others, they scoffed, but he can't save himself? Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross so we can see it and believe him. Even the men who were crucified with Jesus ridiculed him. At noon, 
a darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabatani, which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes and takes him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn into two from the top to the bottom. A big, huge curtain, guys. It was, it was nothing short from God's miracle that would rip that into two. Then the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died. He exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. Some women were there watching from a distance, including Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, the younger of Joseph and Salome. They had been followers of Jesus and had cared for him while he was in Galilee. Many other women who had come with him to Jerusalem were also there. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before the Sabbath. As evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council, and he was, he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called the Roman officer and asked if he was dead yet, and the officer confirmed that Jesus was dead. So Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. So Joseph brought a long sheet of linen cloth, and he took Jesus' body down from the cross and wrapped it in cloth and laid it in the tomb where he had been carved out of rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where Jesus' body was laid. Chapter 16, guys, this is the last chapter of Mark. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way, they were asking each other, Who will roll away the stone for us to enter the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a white robe sitting on the right side. The women were shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. The woman fled from the tomb trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. After Jesus arose from the dead early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping and told them what had happened. But when she told them that Jesus was alive, and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. Afterwards, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. 
He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief and because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he was risen from the dead. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. So this is what Jesus told us to do, guys. After he rose from the dead, he wants all of us to do this. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new tongues. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. And they will drink, and if they drink any poisonous thing, it won't hurt them. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. When the Lord Jesus had finished talking to them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in a place of honor at God's right hand. And the disciples went everywhere and preached, and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. That's awesome, guys. So that's our job is to go out and tell the whole world the good news. That's why we're making Bible study podcasts like these so that people can hear it and learn about Jesus. So that wraps up the book of Mark. Yeah. We should have a Mark party, guys. We did it. One more book down. Yes. So let's say a prayer, guys. Come on, everybody. Gather around. If you're listening at home, you gather your family around. We're going to say a prayer. Yep, we'll say a prayer for mom. Come on, guys, gather around. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Lord Jesus, we worship you today, God. We thank you for giving us time, Lord, that we can spend with you, Lord. May this bless everyone's heart who hears this Bible study, God. May they accept you into their heart, God, and they can get baptized, and they can see the miraculous signs that follow those that believe, God. We worship you and praise you for every opportunity to dive into your word and learn about who you are, God. You are a God who loves us and cares for us, God. And we thank you for everything you do. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And once again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for studying with us. And we'll continue again in the next book. See you next time. God bless.